0: Good morning everybody, this is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Wednesday 21st of June and we had a fabulous day yesterday, up 63 points on the ASX 200 following the RBA's Minutes. And it turned out that the RBA have some sensitivity to the pain and suffering of the Australian consumer and talked about being data-dependent. In other words, it's not inevitable that rates will go up at the next meeting on Independence Day. Although, if you look at the RBA rate tracker, if you just Google RBA rate tracker, it tells you the odds from the bond market of a rate rise at the next RBA meeting – and yesterday it dropped from something like 53% to 51%, so the bond market wasn't listening too much to the RBA yesterday, but the equity market certainly was, so a bit of interest rate relief, but no follow-through overnight, as you've probably seen. Dow Jones down 245 points, it was down 383 at one point, and the main topics of conversation overnight were Jerome Powell, who is giving testimony tonight and on Thursday in front of the Senate Banking Committee, and will doubtless make all sorts of policy comments if you actually look at the odds of a rate rise from the FOMC. Although I don't know why they bothered to skip last month because the odds of a rate rise at the Fed meeting on July the 26th are sitting at 76.9%. In other words, they might as well have done it last month. Why did they skip? Not really sure. Anyway, not too much relief from the fact that they did skip because it looks like we've got at least two more rate rises coming. I think one of the post-it notes for this year. Post-it notes are what you wish someone had stuck on your trading screen on January the 1st that would have made the whole year a lot simpler. One of the post-it notes on the 1st of January 2023 should have been inflation is going to be ingrained. Central banks are going to take longer than expected to get on top of it. And that still remains the case. A lot of the strategy stuff you can read around the place is all to do with Rates staying higher for longer, inflation staying stickier for longer, and growth being benign. The RBA just cut their GDP forecasts for Australia. Anyway, Powell talking tonight. We'll see what he says. By the way, the chance of a rate cut by the end of the year, a month ago, the chance of a rate cut in the US, or rates being lower than they are now, The chance of them being lower than they are now a month ago were 91.5%. In other words, inevitable that rates would be cut by the end of the year, The chances now of rates being lower than they are now is just 6.4%. In other words, rates are staying up, according to the bond market. The other happening over the last 24 hours was a Chinese rate cut, a 10 basis point rate cut. It had been expected, but it is underwhelming. If you read some of the commodity markets, particularly the oil price reports overnight, You will see they are talking about weakness in the Chinese economy, underwhelming rate cuts, and for the Chinese to really make any difference to the economic trend, they would need to kick in some significant stimulus, which could still happen, but the market losing hope a little bit today. Resources, one of the worst performing sectors today, having had a good run. Resources sector down a percent, gold sector down one and a half percent today. Whilst we're on sector performances, I will just note that the REIT sector up today, best performing sector today, not up a lot. All the defensive sectors are up today, staples, telecoms, utilities. But there was a bit of a buy signal on the REIT sector in the short term in the technical scans section I'm not sure I'd get too excited about that. Rates are clearly going higher, but it may well be that we are reaching peak worry on interest rates. Anyway, REIT's a little bit of a bottoming there. Some interesting year highs at the moment. Telstra, Woolworths, Car Sales, zero. Pro Medicus, Aristocrat Leisure, NIB, NHF that is. NIB gave their customers free shares when they IPO'd. They gave me 2,000 shares. Haven't done anything with them at all. They are now worth over 7 $17,000, which will have paid almost every premium I've ever paid to the NIB. Thank you very much. Anyway, year high today. All the insurance companies' year highs IAG, Sun, QBE, Wisetech, NetWealth. Year lows, wham. Mm, Come on, Jeffrey. Wake up, Jeff. Macquarie dropped its lithium and rare earths price forecast today by, I think, 9 to 15%. Still like the sector, though. Buyers of Min and PLS. I did a stock take on Min the other day. It is a great stock. And if this iron ore rally continues, men will participate and it has a lithium element to it must do a stock take on PLS, one of the most requested so far. On these stock takes, I have a list of too many stocks to do at the moment. I'll do them in size order, but I am going to knock off all our portfolio stocks. I need to get our portfolio ship shape. There hasn't been a lot of action in those recently. They have been outperforming those, so there hasn't been much urgency to fiddle with them. I look at them every day, wrote a stock take on ASX, which is one of our worst performers, and decided to keep it. But I am going to get through stock takes on all our portfolio stocks, I think, is my mission at the moment. Did a stock take on Santos today. I'm afraid I can't get excited about Santos. Why do people hold Santos? It's not a growth stock. It's not an income stock. It's not a trading stock. It's got no franking. The major correlation on Santos is, even though it's LNG and gas and a few liquids, it is correlated with energy prices generally, which you can put up on the chart, and uh, as I have done, Santos against the oil price, and they are highly correlated, but again, if you really want to play the oil price trend, there are much more geared stocks to getting that right than Santos, so couldn't get excited, I'm afraid. Also did a stock take on Macmillan Shakespeare, which was very interesting. I was with an accountant a few weekends ago who had two Teslas and he was mumbling to me about being able to buy Teslas in the company name with no fringe benefits tax at all. And he didn't have to drive one mile for business purposes and he still was able to claim it as a tax deduction. And there was a legislation change, it seems, last year. Talk to your accountant, don't take my word for it. There was a legislation change last year which said there's no FBT on fuel-efficient cars below the luxury tax limit. And Tesla just dropped their Tesla below the, below the luxury tax limit. So everyone's buying Teslas. Anyway, reading the recent results from Macmillan Shakespeare, the next results coming up in August, reading their recent results, they said there had been a 331 increase in the proportion of EVs or novated leases on electric vehicles taken out compared to other vehicles. There is a boom, in other words, in electric vehicle leasing. And there are a bunch of stocks that are exposed to that. Macmillan Shakespeare, Smart Group, SIQ, SGF, Fleet Partners. That used to be Eclipse, I think, and Fleetwood. Anyway, in the last month these stocks have been up. No, let's do the last three months. Macmillan Shakespeare up 21%, Smart Group up 35%, SG Fleet up 8%, Fleet Partners up 23%, Fleetwood up 66%. So there's a bit of a boom going on in novated leases in electric vehicles. MMS is a great income stock and Eagers Automotive, APE, just took or just revealed a substantial stake. No other commentary around that other than they just revealed they had a substantial stake. Broker's Seem to quite like the idea of them doing business together, and the share price popped up. So Macmillan Shakespeare, low PE, high yield, nine percent yield. Got results coming up. Looks a bit ritzy in the short term after this APE stake take, but longer term looks like a good income stock. Solid business, probably in a little bit of an EV bubble. Buy on weakness for income, I think is how I wrote it up in the portfolios at the moment. Still in thirty-two percent cash in the strategy portfolio. Wondering whether I should have been. FANG is 3.3% from its all-time high. It's up 5.6% since I sold it. We're still up 24% on our NASDAQ ETF. So going okay. Just wondering if we should deploy the cash yet. i have also still holding BHP. We're still ahead on that. Only just. It's losing its mojo today in the BHP portfolio. In the Macquarie portfolio, we are... 2.6% ahead, it's down a little bit today, looks okay. In our ideas portfolio, LaVissa down 4% on that so far, but looking okay. Can't say there's anything too tragic there in the technical picture. And Fortescue Metals losing a bit of mojo today. We're still up 4% or so on that, happy to hold. Right, Henry is writing about Latin resources, which of course had their big resource upgrade yesterday. Reading the Facebook site, people were a little bit disappointed there wasn't a better reaction. There's the obvious comment that's been better to travel than arrive. He talks about Macquarie's research on LLL and A11. Macquarie has target prices well above both share prices, and he is buying LLL today. He's sold his Gear ETF, and he writes once again about L is for lithium of stuff in the technical signals section today. Aussie dollar overbought. US dollar, sorry, Aussie dollar ETF overbought. That's AUDS. US dollar ETF oversold. Yank and USD tech ETFs still overbought. Did you know there's an electric vehicle ETF with the code DRIV? Those ETF guys love their codes. HNDQ and IHVV. That's the hedged Nasdaq and hedged S&P 500 ETFs, both of which we hold in the strategy portfolio. Both of those are overbought at the moment. We like to see overbought things that we hold. Lots of bond-related ETFs are oversold. Recent buy signal on the financial sector, as I say, the banks are sort of bottoming. They're not racing up. They're sort of bottoming. And just noticing a bit of a bottoming in buy signaling copper. Two obvious copper plays are 29M and SFR. 29M down today. Up yesterday. Buy signal yesterday. That's about it. On the stories from Dexas, that's a second REIT that has reduced the book value of 32 office properties. That follows Charter Hall last week. REIT's downgrading values on properties running into the results season. 3P learning has lowered guidance. Telstra has blocked, sorry, the ACCC has blocked Telstra and TPG, TPG's deal to share infrastructure. Grok Ventures, now this of course is Mike Cannon-Brooks' Lassian took a stake in AGL and started to insist they stop screwing up the environment with their three coal mines. AGL is one of the biggest emitters, in fact I think it is the biggest carbon emitter in Australia. Anyway, Mr. Brooks's Grok Ventures antagonistic shareholder has reduced its shareholding by 1%, I think they hold just over 10%, and increase their short position. There you go. BHP spending 5.9 billion reducing its carbon emissions by 30% by 2030 and that'll probably do you. A fairly humdrum sort of day. We wait for Powell tonight. We've got the RBA on Independence Day, July the 4th. Before that on the 28th we have an Australian monthly CPI number. Last month the CPI number went up and what the RBA do will depend a lot on what that cbi number is next wednesday week today and then july 26th is it we've got the fomc meeting that's about it let's see what powell says tonight and i've got all the way through the podcast without mentioning the cricket (laughs) that'll teach you for declaring you have a fabulous day and i will be back tomorrow